heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Now on Racing Pulse, RSN's racing editor, Matt Stewart. My view is that the Melbourne Carnival's a national institution that we all benefit from. It's not like Sydney doesn't benefit from the might of the Melbourne Spring Carnival. For more news, opinion and selections, head to rsn.net.au. Yes, it is time for RSN's racing editor, Matty Stewart, to bring us up to date with all the latest racing news. It's been a busy 24 hours, Matty. Yeah, I must admit I sold you, uh, sent you down the wrong path yesterday. I thought the, I told you that the Jamie Carr hearing was next Monday. It was actually began yesterday as we uh, found out as the story started trickling through through the day. Uh, just an interesting you know, set of circumstances that have been fleshed out during it where Jamie Carr has, this is about the white powder scandal uh, uh, where she was uh, photographed and it uh, went onto social media, then found it into the mainstream media some uh, some weeks ago and this is the first hearing uh, regarding that at the VRT yesterday and during it uh, there was t- um, discussions of um, um, text exchanges between Jamie Carr and her manager about deleting text messages and deny, deny, deny and then Jamie Carr went into details about how difficult her comeback had been and how she was drunk at the time and um, because of the subs- the consequences of the, the terrible fall she had after the Australian Guineas, uh, um, her ability to consume alcohol uh, had been affected and she was very, very drunk that night. Uh, so it just sort of went on from there. Uh, um, her legal counsel has... Um, Matthew Sterling has said that it, it's inappropriate um, for the stewards to have brought in the text messages in evidence. He said it's 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 irrelevant to the to the basic nature of the case. So uh, it's I can read out some uh, just some quotes from it. Um, uh, this is Jamie Carr regarding the the evening of the video being taken. I definitely wasn't aware that she, Ruby McIntyre, uh, took the video. Ruby McIntyre is also facing charges. She's a stable hand. And Jamie Carr said she didn't even really know Ruby McIntyre until that evening. I don't remember that video getting taken. Uh, if I remember it getting taken, I would have stopped it. Uh, I didn't see her filming. I got the screenshot of the video. That's the first time I saw the video. And then uh, Ruby McIntyre has basically said, well, it wasn't supposed to be widely circulated because it was one of those Snapchatty sort of ones that's supposed to disappear really quickly anyway. So, um, yeah, so that was, you know, it's been deferred until the 27th of November, but the main gist yesterday um, was basically a bit of a backstory about the, uh, you know, the, the consequence of her fall, the sort of state she was in. Uh, she was drunk. Uh, she certainly didn't know it was being videoed uh, and it's now up to the VRT to determine whether she's brought the sport into disrepute because of the, basically the saga itself. Uh, it's just a sad saga. I feel sorry for Jamie Carr and yep. I know people will jump on the text message and go, well, you know, she shouldn't have put herself in that position and you're probably right, she shouldn't. But a third party unknowingly to her has blown this up by stupidly um, posting stuff and yes, you shouldn't be there. Um, we don't know at this moment whether she actually was involved in anything that was illegal or whether she was just there while that um, substance was being used by others. I don't know, and maybe it will come out here. But at the end of the day, she's been roped into this 
um, unawares of uh, it at the time. And I just feel sorry for her. She's been through the absolute ringer mm. this year. And, you know, she put a social media post uh, out yesterday saying, without doubt, it's been the worst year of my life, but it was so good to be back at Flemington um, riding um, winners and finally getting back into that form and, and the Jamie car that we want and hope to see all the time. There was fears, again, that she would never ride or she would walk away from the sport after what she had been through. And oh God, her manager probably didn't help her either with those text messages. But at the time, I suppose people go into panic mode. Mm. Um, you know, whether they... They're probably part of the evidence that the stewards are well within their right to bring up if there's something that they believe um, is of a nature that could be hiding things, which those text messages allude to that fact. So it's just a really sad situation all around because we don't want racing and we don't want Jamie Carr in the headlines for this news off the back of what's been such a brilliant Melbourne Cup carnival for her and the sport in general. Yeah, and it's all the straw that breaks the camel's back scenario. How many times can she rise again and then then be whacked? Uh, So Matthew Sterling told Judge... John Bowman, that the stewards were running a smear campaign by introducing the text messages, and he said they were irrelevant, but the stewards are saying, no, they were in context, and that they highlight that Jamie Carr uh, may not have been truthful in her original statements after in the days after the incident. So that is probably the bit that is, is going to most sting, is if it's determined that she wasn't truthful to stewards. So, And that that's, that's a pretty severe... Uh, angle that the stewards are perhaps pursuing there. So, would this case be run entirely, um, uh, I suppose, individual, or do they take into previous situations and um, the history? You know, well, think back to Nicolik and things like that. Maybe that the, they can sort of use the basis of mounting. Um, behavioural patterns or whatever it is or infringements or whatever you want to call it. So anyway, I, I, hope, I don't know what's I, going to happen. I, I hope that, you know, it's a wrap over the knuckles. It's a, you've got to be better. Don't put yourself in this position. Um, and, you know, if they deem it fit some type of fine, I'd hate to see you whacked with another big suspension or something like that. That's just my personal opinion. Um, you can no, have totally your own agree. opinion or disagree. Because what um, she's probably got coming up now is to keep the momentum going, whether last year she went to Perth, she was, she's been fantastic in Hong Kong. So the worst thing for her now would be the momentum to stop again because I think I don't know how many times you can stop and go without, you know, stopping officially. So anyway, um, gee, there's a lot of focus on Southeast Asia at the moment. Uh, Jungle Drums, I've spoken to Mark Guest, uh, who is the agent for James McDonald that with the injury absence of Hugh Bowman, um, there's a little bit of a rumbling out of Hong Kong that James McDonald might have a stint in Hong Kong, uh, given the Bowman situation. How uh, long a stint? Not sure. Because uh, well, no, you'll be going over there to ride Romantic Warrior on yeah, International Day. Whether it f- fits in around that period, whether it's a three-month Christmas New Year, or, I'm not really sure what the the how you know whether he can take a three-month or just go there for six weeks. I'm not really sure. But if if you're Hong Kong and you're trying to woo James McDonald, you're going to be pretty open-ended about what you're offering, aren't you? Given that Maria is not there anymore, um, Bowman's on the skid on the injury list, and. Um, who knows what the future holds for Zach Purton as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, James McDonald. Um, the all-star changes are interesting. Uh, I, I, I'm open-minded about what, the, what they've done. Uh, and it's a pretty... Given the, the creation of the all-star mile all those years ago was about point of difference and engagement beyond the bubble and the allure of the um, 
the battler horse that gets voted in by popular vote and all that sort of stuff. You think of, remember, still a star. Um, you remember there was a Terry Kelly trained horse, ex Lloyd Williams horse that actually never even got to the race. But the stories along the way were really, really different, you know, a little bit grassroots and all that sort of stuff. So, in the context of the original uh, concept of the All Star Mile, about being that point of difference, the, the eliminating of the public vote um, is a complete 180 degree shift from that, isn't it? It's basically saying. And I, the, I kind of under and Matt Welsh is going to come in a little later and give us the full explanation and details as to they obviously review it every year. I can understand why they have changed it because the voting in the last few years had become a farce anyway because the mm. top horses voted in a lot of the occasions didn't even go to the race yep. and then people are going well hang on I voted for this horse what's going on why isn't it there mm. so for those who are maybe not racing embedded and sappy, they go, well, what, what's this voting, this horse, yeah. and it's not even going to go to the race? Yeah. yeah. So it was a flaw in the original concept then, really, wasn't it, to, 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 to not think through that votes didn't necessarily mean runners. So uh, it now seems to be morphing into, for better or for worse, uh, just a high-class race where they're basically getting the, the best horses they can. I still think, I wonder whether they, you can ask Matt Welsh this, whether they actually considered adjusting in, in the context of if they wanted to retain some of the original elements of the, the battler and the vote and the public engagement and all that sort of stuff to keep those horses in the race. And this has been a bit of a live discussion every year. And and Greg Carpenter, the former boss of racing at Race of Victoria, always grappled with the idea of doing this. And that was changing the conditions of the race. So if you wanted... Instead of wait for age, you want... A handicap. Or a set weight penalties or a unique weight scale just for this race where you factor in where these horses have come from, the nature of their win, say whether it's an, the inevitable versus an animo, that sort of weight scale discussion. So it'd be interesting to talk to Matt Welsh about, because I always felt that the race was a race for dreamers until the barriers opened and then they couldn't win. So I didn't quite understand that they, they were along for the journey until it mattered most. So I, I always thought it should, they should have had a really good think about a weight scale which would still attract the best horses and wouldn't eliminate them for the mm. five million. The, the money's come down by a million, million, by the way. Um, and turned a 50 to 1 chance into a $16 chance with it's, a weight, weight scale. It, it's become a, a win in your in race now with more races yeah. and there's a couple in yeah. New Zealand as well. So those lowly rated horses now basically won't get in the race anyway. No, or whether they could have had a, a second race for the battlers, you know, like a, like the Jericho Cup and the Jericho Cup Consolation. So I thought there were live options other than necessarily so just the All-Star doing... Mile and the Average Mile. Well, you could have the Battler Mile or <laughs> the whatever, whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know. So uh, I think I'd be curious to know if there were other ideas that didn't quite get off the ground when yeah. they reformed this race because I think uh, I think the, the adjustment to the weights go because, uh, you know, Greg... Uh, Carpenter used to always wildly celebrate through tweet after tweet the unprecedented social reach and social engagement and here are the votes and this is this is how we measure the engagement of the race. Well, there aren't any votes anymore. So that mindset of, wow, look at how successful this has been for engagement, well, obviously it wasn't because otherwise they wouldn't, they would they would have waited up and still gone with the uh, that concept. So it'd be interesting to hear Matt Welsh talk that through. Really difficult time for well, Danny O'Brien, uh, particularly, and 
obviously the the spectre of, of what happened back on March the 9th, 2020, when a, a Japanese national uh, track rider um, was killed by a car whilst crossing the, a dark road going to 13th Beach at uh, uh, down near uh, Barwon Heads. Um, there was a WorkSafe inquiry. It hit the Geelong County Court yesterday where Danny O'Brien has pleaded not guilty on behalf of his company, O'Brien Thoroughbreds, operating as O'Brien Racing, to allegedly failing to provide and maintain a working environment that was safe and without risk to the health of employees. The prosecution is saying they should have had high vis and there should have been more illuminated sort of passageway for the horses. And Danny O'Brien is saying, well, it really... We did what we could, and the issue was more that the driver of the car tested positive to cannabis. So mm. really just a difficult time for everyone, including the family of the, the Japanese rider as well. Oh, especially the family. Like, yeah, it's, especially, What yeah, would go yeah. through Danny O'Brien and the stables staff's uh, mind? You know, we, we had a, a similar situation at, at Cranber not so long ago. Different circumstances, but um, a worker dying there as well. So, no, it's... It's interesting um, that the it's just a, a little uh, sort of oversight, but in every story I've read, because I wanted to put a name to the Japanese national, they just say a Japanese national. I mean, the guy had a name, and it's it, it just doesn't seem to be reported. So anyway, um, well, that's just a difficult situation all round. Um, it's a bit like the tennis, you know, when it leaves Melbourne and then heads up to Singapore and then goes somewhere else. All these superstar jockeys have suddenly materialised in Japan. A lot of them on their way to uh, Hong Kong. Uh, Marira, um, who copped some bad press from some about his ride on Sulcombe, had four wins in Tokyo over the weekend. Ryan Moore was there, um, had a winner as well. So Ryan Moore, Joe Marira, Holly Doyle was over there as well. Um, she had three winners at Fukushima. Uh, and now a lot of these, Tom Marquin was also over there as well. They all sort of now head to Hong Kong for the Happy Valley uh, Long Jeans International Jockeys Championship, Ryan Moore, Markwin, Zach Purton, um, a guy from Turkey whose name I struggle with, Bozran uh, Muzabayev, and Rachel King, who is going to represent Austra- um, Australia in that competition. What a year it's been for Rachel King. She's been the go-to international uh, rep because she almost won the Japanese yeah. International Jockey Series and then the cool off more. the back of winning the Coolmore uh, over to Hong Kong. It's brilliant. And she's... um. She's a, she brings a smile to your face every time you yeah. interview her. She's so uh, she's so up and about. Remember the mystery of Harry Bentley? What he well, what you, did he do? You brought this up yesterday, so the mystery's been solved, or has it? Have yeah, they, it sort of has. Have they given details as to what the well, situation? was? I'll just was. read from the an excerpt. Uh, Hong Kong Jockey Club uh, suspended for two months and fined Hong Kong three hundred grand, which is. It's got every currency here except for what it translates to in Australian dollars. It's 35,000 euros anyway. After pleading guilty to improper conduct, having passed on information about the horses he was riding in exchange for potential financial reward, he was charged with one breach of the rules of racing Hong Kong relating to his interactions with an unnamed individual who provided the rider with a a private phone for sending on information he had gleaned about horses from participating track work barrier trials and races. And it goes on to say there'd been a lot of speculation and mystery about it. Um, Two months in Hong Kong seems light for that. I'm thinking of Chris Munts. I'm thinking of... uh, Bentley was found to have provided false or misleading statements when interviewed, so he previously had lied to the stewards. Yeah, in context of history, um, our man spent time in the big house for that. So, um, you know, remember Auguste Rodin was described as the worst um, 
English Derby winner in a long, long time. Well, he's was that by you? No, no, just the that was the that, that, well, I wouldn't have known. That was um, the the feeling at the time. But he's he's gone on to be just this whirlwind, and he's going to race on. Um, and he, it culminated in him winning the Breeders' Cup Turf as well, Auguste Rodin. Um, and he's going to race on. Uh, uh, Dayton O'Brien said, the lads have decided to keep Auguste Rodin in training. We're very much looking forward to having racing next year, and that's exciting. So um, I don't well, know. It's good what, because we've been seeing a lot of the top mm. uh, European horses being uh, shuttled off to the breeding barn very, very um, quickly, so it's good to see a top liner coming through. Got a couple of bits of audio which I'll play in a moment, but gee, the um, SMS machine is lit up here, so I want to go through a few SMSs. One of the selling points of the All Star Mile was voting in horses from all around Australia. Now you have to win, and you're in uh, for most of the um, slots. Only Victoria and New Zealand. Why not add the railway over here as well? So that's a message from. Um, WA, I, I don't mind that. I think if we're going to um, open it up to races that are win and you're in, starting with the Rupert Clark this Saturday, maybe a few more international. We're going over to New Zealand. A few more um, around the country would be good. Well, especially with the prize money injected. <laughs> Someone just texted me and said, your Irish accent needs work. It sort of trailed off, didn't it? Um, well, with the entine money going to New Zealand, who's to say in the next two or three years they may not have an actual target race that yeah. you could you could... There's, you a, use. there's a few suggestions for your second tier mile race. Uh, the Battler Mile, as you said, the Countryside All-Star Mile. You could have a second All-Star Mile and call it the People's Mile. Or this one, why not call it the Matt Stewart Classic Mile? I agree. Why not? <laughs> uh, just the average Joe Mile. Yeah, just, yeah, okay. So it's the... Uh, the other one I was going to mention... I've been talking about American racing and where it's at. Uh, US 60 Minutes uh, did a big feature on it in the last few days. Uh, have a look at it. It's uh, quite a sobering insight into all the issues that they've been having. And it's the, 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 the question they're asking is, can it be reformed or is it too late well, in America? Do you know what was interesting? I heard Frankie Dettori, um, he was having a chat. It was during 10's coverage. And one of the reasons he said for heading over to the States was that he wanted to, obviously, he wants to ride a Kentucky Derby winner, but he wants to go back and try and help resurrect the industry. Bit of a David Beckham to the LA it's Galaxy. exactly what it was like, and he wants to bring his star power um, to try and raise the profile of the sport and get the sport back to where it used to be in the States. I think the thing that Frankie can't affect, though, is the fatalities. Well, that you, you need to have that, just like what they've done with the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. You need to have that as your first point, but then you need to be able to... Like Frankie Tatori would mix with the Hollywood stars. Next thing you'll have... Mm. Um, the likes of George Clooney and and all Tom the rest, Cruise. Tom Cruise, heading to the races with him, which will then build momentum. So uh, a lot of SMSs on Jamie Carr. Read a few of these out because our listeners have taken the time to send them in, and um, there's you know it's it's varied a lot in what the thoughts are. Um, Jamie didn't do anything illegal. She didn't take anything on the video. She was let down by childish actions of others. I don't see how she could be charged. Are you serious, Michael? Um, first, the party during COVID. Now, this, just give her a naughty girl rap. You're kidding and so wrong on this. Three months suspension minimum. Two strikes for Felgate's poster girl. But the um, simplifying of it is incredible. She was roped in. It's a type of disconnect racing participants have. I don't think she, I said she was roped in. Um, hi, guys. Jamie Carr may be wrong, but she wasn't working at the time. Why is it even news? If this uh, was... Um, 
Oh, no, I won't read the rest of If it was an one. AFL player in a similar environment, it'd still be news, wouldn't it? I mean, you it's like... You should play this later. It's cringeworthy. You do the crime, you do the time. Michael from Brisbane. Valentine Holmes, a top rugby league player, received a $50,000 fine for doing the exact thing as Jamie Carr. Uh, I think Racing Victoria brought the sport into disrepute by pressing charges on second-hand evidence. Um, surely the issue is in the video being out there. Why is she um, putting herself in that situation after so much trauma to the brain? Why does everybody think it's okay to to do this activity? It's illegal, uh, just like having a house party in COVID was illegal. Um, she'll be back stronger. Get off Jamie Carr's back. Um, put yourself in her situation. Um, as much as I despise drugs, she didn't bring the sport in disrepute. disrepute. Those who shared the video did that. Uh, Jamie Carr, overkill. So there's a snapshot of mm. all of the SMSs which have come through in the last 10 minutes since we were discussing it. One thing, I guess the way she rode during cup work sort of tends to alleviate it, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're 100% right. One of the little threads that came through the, the, the hearing yesterday was, I'll just read out... Uh, Carr was cleared to ride track work uh, uh, days late in June after the successful completion of a neurological and balance test. Um, her quote was, they didn't say I passed with flying colours or anything like that, but I passed adequately enough to ride track work, she told the tribunal. Uh, she was cleared to race ride in mid-August after another neurological examination. Asked by her barrister Matthew Sterling if she returned too soon, Carr said, I know I felt safe on a horse for sure and I got past to be safe on a horse. I wasn't 100% with my memory. Whether that leaves a little niggle of doubt about the... And I'm not saying this does prove it, but my people may wonder if the if she was ready. You know, like, how do you absolutely know? I mean, she's, she's left it a bit cloudy there. She had such a terrible injury. She was still suffering from memory issues. She still had even things that, you know, the consumption of alcohol, had her, her system had changed. Well, she so. admitted that she still needs to search horses' names to remember it today. And um, she said she was told that she actually stopped breathing for a period of time after that fall. So it's a hugely traumatic effect, whether that background is taken into consideration in regards to this hearing, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, I was more thinking about whether it was taken into consideration when she was allowed to return when she returned. Speaking you know? of not putting aside this situation and this hearing, the, uh, I suppose, issue of head trauma and injuries for jockeys. Interesting article yesterday in the Herald Sun in regards to the AFL footballers and how they want to bring in a nine-step uh, almost um, passport, concussion passport for AFL players. I wonder... The, the racing industry would be, would be watching very closely what is going on there for their jockeys. And there's a grab from Michael Walker who did a, a really nice piece with Aidan uh, Rodley, who is a, a good journo for um, uh, TVNZ, now owned by uh, Entane over there. And he put together a nice piece on Michael Walker talking about, we know his backstory, his history, but it's quite shocking what he has to say in this grab about when he went to see a specialist the extent of damage that he has suffered to his brain. Like if you broke your leg, Aiden, they're gonna to say to you, two months, mate, eight weeks, you're gonna be back. Well, the brain, no one can tell you the time. So I got really frustrated with people saying, given it time, well, how much time? They go, oh, you don't know with time. So even, that's where I put him on the spot, my psychologist, he's actually grew up in New Zealand. Um, and I said to him, bro, tell me the absolute truth. And he goes, man, you're working at 60%. He goes, I've got all your um, CTs, uh, all your scans, everything here. The main part of your brain you need, you've hammered it all five times and it's, it's damaged. 
He says, you're working at 60%, but he goes, I'm not gonna lie to you, man, you might get to 70. He goes, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, give it time, you might get 100, because I can tell you now, that ain't gonna happen. So I walk out of those, out of that, with my shoulders back, uh, you know, head out, held high, thinking this is amazing, because I now know in my life what I've got to deal with. Mm. 60% brain capacity at the moment maybe can improve to 70. The damage, um, irreparable to get back to 100% from all the concussions he's had. We saw Michael Rod come back after a long layout. Thank goodness he's been able to get back into the saddle and, and ride well um, and have a winner. But, you know, Baron Vorster, we haven't mm. heard from. Dwayne Dunn, we know the situation there. And I think with more... Um, study and emphasis on this type of injury, you're going to find out a hell of a lot more damage because jockeys of the past probably mm. definitely would have been suffering from this just like as footballers were, but no one ever thought about it. And it's not as much about the way it affects you now and, and your working life as a jockey. It's about w where this is going to leave you in 20 years' time. And I think without having read the AFL story, I know a lot of the issues with AFL have been where's this person going to be in 20 years' time when, when all of this catches up with them. So... And just off the back of those comments from Jamie Carr about when she came back and what lingering issues there still were, I'm sure there's going to be some people, the rule makers or the, the medical people in racing who go, uh, do we need to um, have a fresh look at, um, like the AFL has, of, of the steps from A to B to get back? So, Because um, you don't want jockeys out there who, you know... Yeah, it's a very volatile environment. So dangerous yeah. environment to be riding if you're not 100 percent exactly. Absolutely. Right. Um, Alrighty. All right, Matty. Um, Matt Welsh will be in a little bit later, so make sure you have a listen to yep. that. Um, I've got the goat up next to reflect on his final Melbourne Cup week, and um, also looking ahead to his final Group One ride this weekend. So, Matty, we'll see you on the Big V a little later. Beautiful.